Well, during the time of King Herod, a number of wise people from the east came to Jerusalem. And they started saying, where is the king? Where is the king that's got, that must be born right now? When Herod heard this, he said, what's going on? I'm the king. If a king gets born somewhere, the king will know. And I don't know about this. So he called his wise people and he said to them, hang on, what's happening here? There's this people that come from the far east and they told me that they seen a star coming up. And they know that when there's a star coming up, there's a king being born. And they followed the star. And they know it's a Jewish king. So they came to me, the king, King Herod, and asked me, where is this king that got born recently? Now what does the scripture say? So some of these wise people look back and they say, ah, here it is. It's in Bethlehem. One of the prophets said, Bethlehem will be known widely in Judah to stand out. It's in Bethlehem. So the king called the wise people and he said to them, in Bethlehem, I want you to go there, find this king, and come and tell me. I want to go and worship this king myself. So when the wise people came out of his house, out of his castle, I assume, they saw there's the star moving, and they followed it. And when they came to Bethlehem, they found a house. And in this house was Mary and Joseph and a newborn baby called Jesus. When they saw Jesus, they knew this is it. They fall down and worship and praised him. And they brought out gifts, which they brought with them all the time away from the east. And in it was myrrh and frankenstein, frankincense, frankincense. I'm sure it's frankincense, okay? I just used that other word to remind myself. Okay, and gold. And they gave it to him, and they worshipped Jesus there. And that is what Matthew has written down about Jesus. So I'm now going to read for us from Matthew 5, no, Matthew 2. The rest of the chapter. And listen carefully, the heading for this sermon is Jesus, King of the Jews, King of the world. Okay, so... As you can see, what I'm reading is not matching what's up there. No, it's not going to match there. So it will really just help you to confuse you. So just listen carefully. When they had gone, this wise man, I forgot to tell you that during the night, God revealed to them and say, don't go back to Herod. Take another route. Because Herod is not your friend. So they took a completely different route going back to where they came from. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you where Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. 
When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the wise men, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and in the vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the wise men. There was, well, then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea, in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, he will be called a Nazarene. And I think I made another mistake in the story. Anyone picked it up? A big mistake. It was actually, well, at this, you'll see, it, it, it's two years after the birth when this happened, by the way. But, so he, at that time it wasn't ours. That's what the NIV says. So. But, I think I said he was born in Nazareth. Did I? Well, he was born in Bethlehem, okay. Just fix that one up. King of the Jews, King of the Nations. A Christmas sermon by Reverend John de Jong. On Matthew 2, verse 1 to 12, which was the story that I told you. Dear congregation, family and friends, what is Christmas all about? Isn't it about remembering Jesus? He was born in a stable to Mary and Joseph, laid in a manger and celebrated by angels and shepherds, wasn't he? Well, of course he was. Here is something surprising, though. Matthew, that wrote this gospel, doesn't even mention most of these things. In fact, he doesn't even describe the birth. It's a quick mention in the last verse of chapter 1. When, he arrive at chapter, when we arrive at chapter 2, verse 1, it is possibly already up to two years after the birth. All the same, Matthew says a great deal about who Jesus is. From chapter 1, we see that Jesus is a new king of the Jews, descended from King David. Most importantly, though, he is the Savior. The angel instructs Joseph, you must name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now in chapter 2, where we started, Matthew answers two questions. If Jesus is actually the descendant of King David, the legitimate king of the Jews, what is King Herod doing on the throne? King Herod was asking, what is this person that get born? How can he be a king? The counter question is, how can Herod be the king? And secondly, is Jesus actually the king of the Jews only? Or is his kingdom even bigger than that? Let's see how Matthew helped us to understand those two questions. Jesus or Herod? Or is he king of the universe? 
Matthew answers it in this reading. Who is the legitimate king of the Jews? It is possible Jesus, it is possible that Jesus was in fact the rightful heir to David's throne. But there hadn't been a king on David's throne for 600 years. So as far as the rest of the world was concerned, Herod was the king of the Jews. Interestingly, when you get to chapter 27 of Matthew's gospel, Jesus stands before Pilate on trial for his life. And guess what the question is that he gets asked by Pilate? Are you the king of the Jews? Officially, as far as the Romans are concerned, Herod is the king of the Jews. But Herod is dead scared that he won't be holding on to that title for much longer. The wise men arrive asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? And Herod is very worried. Why should he even trust the wise men? Who are they anyway? As far as we can tell, they were probably astrologers from Babylon. There's every chance they got the information about a long-awaited king of the Jews from the Jews who stayed in Babylon after the exile. Anyone know a Jew that stayed in Babylon? Daniel. I did a whole series of sermons where he lives in Babylon, Daniel. They may even have remembered Balaam's prophecy in Numbers 24. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. A ruler will come out of Jacob. It is likely that they put various pieces of information together to come to their conclusion. And God then led them to believe that they'd seen a sign in the heavens, a star signifying that a new king was born. How realistic is that to believe the account of this moving star? There are actually several ancient historical accounts of particular stars that were believed to announce the birth of great men. So the idea wasn't exactly something new. How about that the star moved? That doesn't happen every day. God has worked in a miraculous way time after time in order to carry out his perfect plan in the history of the world. The moving star was yet another instance of God's intervention in the natural order of the universe. Let's get back to King Herod. Who was he exactly? He was Herod the Great, the first Herod in his short dynasty, and he had some problems. Here is something you may not know. Herod was not even a Jew himself, and so he wasn't really accepted as king by the Jews. The Roman Empire had given him his position and the Jews had no choice. On top of this, he was a ruthless murderer. Did you hear that in the story? Imagine killing all the babies under two years old. He was very quick to get rid of anyone that might be a threat to his throne. You can understand why he wasn't the most loved man in Israel. So if not Herod, who is the king of the Jews? It's not hard to see why the wise men come to King Herod. The obvious place to look for the newborn king is the royal palace. But Herod doesn't know anything about it. Herod ask, asks the religious leaders, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem. Not Nazareth, Bethlehem. They say, pointing to the prophecy in Micah 5, verse 2, the Christ will be born in Bethlehem, in the land of Judah. 
So here we see God's answer to the question, who is the true king of the Jews? It is, of course, Jesus. Herod should have been willing to bow to his long-awaited Messiah, king of the Jews, by right of his birth. He should have been willing to give up his throne to the rightful king, even though, as it turned out, Jesus' kingdom wasn't of this world anyway. But true to his nature, Herod's only concern is to get rid of the competition. He orders his soldiers, kill all the boys in Bethlehem two years and under. And there very definitely was crying throughout that region when that happened. So the first point was, is he the king of the Jews? Is Jesus the king of the Jews? The second point, is he the king of the Jews only, or is he something more? Two points, and then a conclusion. How cool is that, huh? Three points, sermon. What about the second question before us? We have established that Jesus is the God-ordained king of the Jews. Only the Jews? Is that all? Or is there more we can learn from this story in Matthew? Why does Matthew include this trip of the wise men in his gospel at all? Good question, isn't it? And by the way, only Matthew recorded that part of the story. Let us consider, where do these wise men come from? They come from a far country. It's quite likely that the country in question is, in fact, Babylon. The very country where Israel lived in exile only a few hundred years earlier. For many years, they lived under the rule of this superpower. But now, wise men from this far-off country come to bow down before Jesus and offer him their worship. In telling this story, Matthew highlights an important Bible truth. All the nations will one day be blessed through Israel. It is there already in God's covenant promises to Abraham in Genesis 12. God said, all nations of the earth will be blessed through you. This theme runs like a threat through the Old Testament. The Queen of Sheba heard about a famous king, King Solomon. This king possessed legendary wisdom. Remember him? He even had a relationship with God. So she decided to come and see King Solomon for herself. She brought with her lavish gifts of spices, gold, and precious stones. Solomon shared his wisdom with her, and she gave praise to God as a present to her Solomon gave her whatever she wanted. So here we see at least one nation blessed by God through Israel. In fact, Jesus himself referred to the Queen of Sheba. The religious leaders asked Jesus, give us a miraculous sign to prove you are the Messiah. This was shortly after Jesus had already performed several miracles, by the way. What do you think was his reply? What did he say to people that expect a miracle from him? He said to them, the queen of the south will rise at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom. And now someone, and now one greater than Solomon is here. In Jesus, God's promise to Abraham came to fulfillment. 
Psalm 72 says about God's promised king. He will rule from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. All kings will bow down to him and all nations will serve him. Gold from Sheba will be given him. That's Psalm 72. Remember the prophet Isaiah? Isaiah 60 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. And again, all from Sheba will come, bearing gold and incense. Psalm 45, yet another indication Another psalm fulfilled in Jesus shows that mirror is a gift fit for the Messianic king. Now these prophecies begin to be fulfilled as we see the wise men from the east with the gifts of gold and spices. As we noted earlier, none of the other gospel writers include this story. But Matthew's gospel keep coming back to this truth. Jesus isn't born king of the Jews only. He is born king of the nations. King of the world. King of creation. The story of the wise men is just the beginning of the nations acknowledging Jesus as their king. The king of the world. In the birth and ministry of Jesus, God's blessing continues to go out to the nations. At first, it is just a trickle. Jesus extends grace to the Samaritan woman and an entire Samaritan village believes. He drives the evil spirits from a crazed garrison demonic, demoniac. He travels to Phoenicia with his disciples, and there again he heals the sick and delivers those possessed, those possessed by demons. And then, at Pentecost, this trickle of blessing burst into a flood. Thousands of Jews from Gentile countries are baptized with the Holy Spirit. They hear the gospel for the first time and they take it back home with them. And then a church springs up in Antioch. And then Paul takes the gospel out into the Roman Empire. And then the gospel begins to go out to the ends of the earth. And this is still happening today. Revelations 21 shows the completed work of God in Christ. It says that after Jesus comes again, the new Jerusalem doesn't need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the lamp is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the king of the earth will bring their splendor into it. And so we start to see here in the story of the wise men that God's promise of blessing to the nations is fulfilled in Jesus. The whole world is ultimately blessed through him. The angels visit the shepherds and now they can sing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. What is our conclusion about this history that Matthew has written? What does it imply for us? Christmas is about a baby born in a stable. And yes, there are angels and shepherds, wise men, and all the things that we normally remember at Christmas. But more important than these details is their significance. In chapter 1, Matthew tells us that Jesus is a new creation, a new Israel, a new king of the Jews. In Jesus, there is a 
new beginning. And today, in chapter 2 of Matthew, we see that he is not only king of the Jews, but king of all nations, king over the whole world. And so the call to every one of us, to everyone around the world, is to bow to him, serve him, commit to him, live for him. Herod did not do this. The wise men did. And they are appointed to all those in successive generations who would bow to Jesus the King. Here's a question for us, for each of us. Will you bow to Jesus, serve him, commit to him, and live for him? Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we praise and worship you that you reveal yourself through your word and that we have this word. We pray, Lord, that you help us also now when we're going to use the Lord's Supper in remembrance of you. Will you help us to really, really understand the truth behind all of this? I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.